0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Well, good evening. I'm Robert A. Wilson with Cowboy Wisdom Radio. And tonight's guest is Montgomery Granger, author of A Saving Grace at Guantanamo Bay. Montgomery is a retired major and was assigned as a medical service officer responsible for the care and treatment of detainees f- in both Iraq and Guantanamo Bay. The major will discuss the future of Guantanamo Bay, and also we're going to discuss what's currently in the news. He believes the time has come for Gitmo trials to take place, and it is to remain a detention and for it to remain a detention facility. Uh, Montgomery is a three-time mobilized U.S. Army Reserve major, retired, who wrote the books of Saving Grace at Guantanamo Bay, a memoir of a citizen warrior about his time at Guantanamo Bay. President Obama has just signed an executive order creating a formal system to indefinitely detain the prisoners without trial at the military prison in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. In addition, the White House said it will retain the new military. Tonight we're also going to discuss all fraternity the there, I'm waiting for Montgomery to call in, uh, and and we'll go from there. And anyway, but until then, I, I'm Robert Wilson, and I'm a hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner what we're really doing is waiting and anyway but the world has turned uh, to a back to its old ways we had it going and once we pulled the troops out of Iraq in my opinion in my view it was all about uh it was about us not having our ambassadors in there and that's basically when it comes to uh iraq and afghanistan our troops are basically the the ambassadors it's the higher ups that can't get along and that is where we really run into trouble in life and, and people don't really understand it's the people in charge is where our our life is really becoming uh, unstable in the world. And once we pulled all the troops back and ISIS took over, they started intermingling with the people. And once something is gone, it's just like a girlfriend or a boyfriend that moves out of town or a husband or a wife goes to a new city to go to work. The next thing you know then happened. There isn't that, intimate, that daily connection and that daily seeing and pretty soon choices and things become made by other people and that's where we're at in life today. And, you know, I've worked around a lot of people that's traveled a lot and stuff like that. And, you know, that's the thing. We never know what's going on or what's happening in that stuff. We always... It, it always leaves it in the, up in the air. It's just like a personal life. We do different things and uh, do it. And, I mean, we just do things and, and we start making choices without talking to the other one. And it becomes, it literally becomes just the way of life and people and... And it just becomes a way of life. And, and once we lose that connection, but we lose the intimacy of talking the connection over. And that's what happened in my life, my one marriage and stuff like that. It was I become uh, distant to my other people and things like that. And once you, I, I started selling real estate, and I understand this now, and that's kind of where our, my marriage went south, is when I started devoting my time to real estate rather than being engaged and in, in really communicating with my wife. And, you know, I wish, uh, you know, I learned from that, and I've moved on, but you know, the, that disconnect never, ever got over being connected. You know, I thought we had a solid enough relationship, but we didn't have a solid listening relationship, and that was my doing. And that is something I've really had to expand into and really talk to. And Montgomery, he was in the in Guantanamo Bay at real early in the stages of it. And he has, you know, and also we have uh we have different things going on in our lives and that's it but you know in the relationship in the world right now we got so much precious stuff on on what is going on it's become a total business world and we've really forgot about the people and the thing and what we have to really open up to is it is the people that we really, that we really have to talk to and do, and, and, you know, that is kind of what is going on. And you know, and that's kind of what and that is kind of where uh, that is where we're at today. We're struggling with everything because there's no clear cut answers to what is going on in life, and we try to make life as a cut out cut out thing, and life isn't that way it's like anything else We can start out at eight o'clock in the morning to be totally different by 9 o'clock in the morning and way, way different by late in the day. So, you know, you can get frustrated, you can get mad, or we can move forward and just do things in a bolder, brighter way. You know, life is going to go on no matter what we do. And that is something. But, you know, the life, the people, we carved out a a beginning for the Iraq people. But it seems to me, militarily in every way anymore, the United States never stays the course. They run as quick as they can. Vietnam, all that. We put good young men and women with a future in front of them into a battle, and then when they come home, we don't want to take care of them. They want to give $2 billion to the uh, illegal alien children, but we don't want to take care of our veterans. Now, that's just about as hypocritical as you can get. And I really see that in the world today and how we're doing things. And you know, as life goes forward, and we got to start really unhooking the poverty-conscious teachings that we have had. And really, most of the war in the, like in the Middle East, there's rich and there's a big separation. But a lot of Af- Afghanistan is, I mean, Iraq and Afghanistan are still. where we was in the early 1900s, I guess you would say, if you want to use a comparison. But what we really don't understand is tomorrow is the 4th of July. And that is everything this country is about. The people that gave their life in the Revolutionary War, I've been waiting for the Founding Fathers to come back, jump up, and give me a swift kick and say, when are you going to start sticking up for the Constitution? It comes up to the people, because the corporate fascism of the world is running rampant. And there's not a lot we can do with that. And But it's up to the people. It's we the people that run the world, not the corporate conglomerate. that do things, you know. And as you go through this, the corporations are running the world and the people, we're going right along with it. And that's what I see today. Am I guilty? You bet. And see, I can't really talk about anybody else. No, I really, I have no right to talk about anybody else. The only one I can really speak about is me. And what I'm really seeing there is is it's an innovative sovereignty that the world is looking for, and that is where we really... The country has to open up. The country has to open up and really see And the people have to start feeling the sovereignty. The people really have to see the sovereignty and the freedom the Constitution gives us. And tomorrow is all about the Constitution and the men that stood up for the Constitution. And, you know, the freedoms we have has been because of the people standing together. And that is, and as we go through this tomorrow, and we're still waiting for Montgomery to call in, but the thing is, is all you can really wish and pray for when the guests don't call in is everything is good because everything happens on a quick and even level. But the sovereignty of this country and the Constitution and everybody says we're a democracy. We're a representative republic. Represented. It's supposed to be for the people, by the people, not by the few for all. And that's the way it's gone today. And the way our politicians communicate today carries out through society. And and, and if you watch where the how the two political parties banners, what the other one says, will automatically never ever work. We ain't, This country isn't mature enough to sit down, have a conversation of ideas and on ways to expand, just like in the personal life. The way the country has to chooses to expand, the person in their private life chooses the same way. And tomorrow, this country, 200 and some 50 years ago, 40 years ago, somewhere in there, This country had the great get-and-go to stand up and overthrow the King of England because of taxation. Patrick Henry says taxation without representation. Patrick should be here to see taxation with representation. You know, it isn't the taxation. It's the waste of the taxation and the ineptness of moving forward. Everybody says they don't want uh, the entitlements, but the congressmen, they're elected to get money home to their district. And so they got to fight for every doll, dollar that comes in so they can keep get reelected because politics is a business and it's also a career for some of these. And that is where the real uh, enlightening challenge comes for us all is how can we allow ourselves to overcome this? And it's like I've had Montgomery on before. And we have talked about the ineptness of the United States' foreign policy. And it's not its all of them. It's not just president. It's all of them. But still the greatest asset the United States has and ever will have is the people. The people of the United States are the most resilient with the resolve to evolve and solve every challenge in the world because we we have this habit of fighting and bickering, and then when a challenge happens somewhere, we all come together and do things, and we all fix things. And, you know, we're never going to fix this. We've got to expand out of the process. You know, we gotta expand out of the poverty poverty as we live. And that is something we really, really have to open up to. But this is gonna take the people getting along to move forward. See, it's we the people standing together communicating we can take, we can begin the expansion of the innovative age in the, in the world, and that is where we're at today. And when we can have the innovation, and we can open up and have the innovations, we can move this world forward. And we can do this with it by communicating, listening with each other. The grassroots innovation has got to have a revolutionary resolve to evolve, to be the leaders of the country, and take the leadership away from the people, and start the grassroots. And I'm not saying anything more than an innovative, with a revolutionary brilliance, innovate, <laughs> innovate, and and inspire our ways because. In a prosperous, peaceful way, it's the innovation of each other and it's the small things we can do by buying on Main Street but buying from each other and supporting each other's wisdom and ideas. But this country and the world has become so stealthy. It's really hard for people to see another way and to do another way. It's all about... Everybody wants theirs and we talk about we look at the wealthy people because they got theirs but a lot of them have given their time their energy and wealth and success is a 20 year process and i've been in the personal growth now since 1997 and it isn't till the last four years that i've really opened up and see a better way for me to live because and experience life because I started appreciating life and then when I don't appreciate life, I become grumpy and we don't get it done. And that's me. And see, I'm the only one that can really... I'm the only one that can move my life forward. I'm the only one that can do anything to my life unsavory. Everybody else can do whatever but as i open this up and i look at the world today and i look at our foreign policy we we pulled out of iraq today we got 130 new troops going in there and yes they say it's but you know it's going to escalate and and here's the thing i feel the united states people and the government and all the education They think because somebody lives in Iraq, Afghanistan, or someplace over there, they lack the wisdom, they lack the uh, intelligence, and that's a fallacy. Whenever you see a person and you feel they lack intelligence, you're the one losing because they're in a better place because you're never going to pay attention to the little things. And as I've interviewed Montgomery Granger a couple other times, he's been very wise on what the inner workings of the world are. And he's also uh, involved in the school district in New York. So here's what I'm really feeling in opening up today. The founding fathers, it took courage to do what they did. And yes, they didn't have a good life even afterwards, but they had the courage to do what the American people are afraid to do today. And, you know, that is something we really have to uh, look at and do. We've got to have the courage to look each other in the eye and have a communication and it's going to be an unsettling communication because it's going to feed you the limiting beliefs we've lived with and been in exposed to for the last well for the last five thousand years because we've really been exposed to the poverty the 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 book you know if you look back on like the school books and things like that, it really has taught us how to stay in the same as a mundane, because it's about getting a job and working for somebody else, which is good, but they don't teach us, they don't allow us the freedoms, and everything outside of that, we really have to open up ourselves, and the the investing and things like that, and It really comes down to the manipulation of the world. And right now, the economy is a manipulation. You don't know whether it's going up, going down. And nobody has the right numbers. And here's the thing about the numbers in the economy. I can make them come out any way I
0: choose.
1: Uh, I can make it come out any way I choose. All I got to do is feed the computer... A little bit of number here and a number there. I can make a computer come out uh, any way I choose. But it's really about me choosing to see the life in ample affluence. And that's the thing. The people of the world are astute, especially the working class. You know, it takes a lot of cleverness to make everyday ends meet and to stay in a positive frame of mind uh, and move everything forward and do what we have to do because, you know, when you do something and you don't feel good about it, that's unsavory, that haunts you. But when you do something for somebody that's good, that gives you a liberation in the internal landscape. And everything in life happens in the body before it happens anywhere else. It is a spirit-body-mind connection we live, but if you look at over the Middle East, we're basically right now where we started in 2008, or whenever was way before that, I'm sorry, I mispronounced, but since when President Bush went into Iraq, and we pulled out, and we give it back to other regime thats was silently over there. The United States powers to be have a very limited insight because we think that somebody ain't driving the fancy cars and doing what the United States is doing, they're unintelligent. Well, they're living what they understand subconsciously, but they've always had a warrior hawk mindset, they always have understood fighting and battle and war. They probably understand war better than the United States and all of our military leaders, and that's where it is. And one thing that's been embedded in them people in the Middle East is hate, anger, and frustration. They've learned to dislike and, well, actually, flat-out hate uh, the Sunnis or the Shiites or whoever, they, the Israelis—they've learned how to hate each other. And then here's the sad thing: they have to teach kids how to hate. And that is what the mind, the ingrained mindset is over there. Is they're really uh, uh, they're really fighting just amongst themselves, and. That's all they understand, and but that is such a—it's uh, very weak. case on making money or prosperity, but the whole world is weak on that, because we think we're in competition and we're not. All we're in is—we're not in competition. We're in inspiration when we support and expand each other. And that is what we, I am going to talk to Montgomery about. And I'll have Montgomery on before the end of July because I want to get his take on ISIS and everything that's going on over there. And it's the 4th of July. and Just think back to when the country was born in, 19, in 1776 and before that. Just think about what them people went through. They didn't have the telephone, teletype, texting. They actually had to have people be the communicators of everything. And they actually had to sit down at night without TV and have a conversation with each other. And how can the United States and the world see they have lost they have lost the communication value of this country. And they've lost everything about the listening and getting along with each other. I see that. I'm even guilty of that. I really choose to expand into that better. But that's what it's going to take is the communication among the people to expand out of this. And the politicians today, they can't have a full sentence without blaming somebody else for what's wrong in the country. If you look at the political leaders and go all the way through society, you're going to see the same blame game go on without even hesitating. And that is what I have seen and that is what I... Uh, have experienced in the last 10 years really comes down to people uh, disingenuously speaking about or to each other. It's about letting go of, well, the, the anger and frustration that we feel that we've taught ourselves, and also, I got a caller calling in, I'm going to... Good evening, and who's calling and where are you calling from?
0: Uh, this is Jimmy are in Texas.
1: Well, w- welcome to the call.
0: Well, I noticed that uh, Major wasn't going to make you, so I thought I'd call in and get some words of wisdom from you.
1: All right. Okay. But anyway, and what I was really going to talk to Montgomery about, he'll be on before the month's over. You know, things happen in life, but we're going to talk about ISIS, and that's having to go back into Iraq because we left too quick. No,
0: I understand that. Do
1: you know who this is? No.
0: Well, this is the old cowboy from Texas, Jimmy McIver. I'm the one that says, you know, I'm going to tune in so I can get my giddy up to run with my get-along.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'm glad you called in. All right. I spent a lot of
0: time in the Middle East. I've been in the oil and gas business, and then I was in uh, defense intelligence and special operations when I was in the service. So anyway, I I was just looking forward to hearing what he had to say, and then uh, just thought I'd give you a quick buzz since you're almost about to end your show and wish you a good independence day.
1: I wish you a happy 4th of July and Independence Day also, and I wish that to the world because this is where the United States began and allowed us to do everything today. That's true. And, and you know, here's the thing. I think some of the people in the world and even in the United States and even me, we take everything too much for granted. Do you feel that?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do.
1: And I want to thank you for calling in, and I'm going to wish everybody a happy and a prosperous and a safe Fourth of July, but have lots of fun. And I'm going to close out the show, and I want to thank you for calling in.
0: All right. You have a good one, partner.
1: All right. You too. And we'll talk to everybody. We'll talk to everybody next week, and everybody have a happy fourth, and thank everybody for listening to the show and all the guests, and life is just an appreciation experience for me. Thank you, and good night.